0: babbling the rants, the laughs, and the tiny baby steps that get us through chronic illness and apparently maybe COVID. So, um, yeah, I guess disclaimer time. Um, I'm not a health practitioner of any kind, and so I'm just a person with a chronic illness and opinions, and that's it, so let's get started. I've been thinking about doing a series of episodes on different numerical concepts, because chronic illness means a lot of numbers. So you have to look at studies, you have to evaluate risk, and there's just, it's blah, 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 it's just everywhere. But some of these topics keep coming up with COVID, so I thought maybe let's try one now and see if you like it. I don't know, maybe it's too geeky, maybe it's not what you guys want, I have no idea. But it feels right, it feels right to me, so let's go. So I've been thinking about this for a while, but with all the numbers around COVID, seemed like a good time. So let's see if you guys like this idea. Maybe it's too geeky. I don't know. Now, yes, I am a math person, so I've tutored a lot of math. I mean, it's been a while. I know a lot of people have math phobia of varying degrees. But I don't want you to stress, I'm not going to make you actually do any math or you know crunch some numbers or do any of that. Just going to walk you through a concept. It's all good. We'll do this. I'll hold your virtual hand. It'll be okay. And random thought is also, why in the, is it the UK? I can't remember. Some places call it maths, not math. And I don't get it. Cause I mean, I went to biology class. I didn't go to biologies. That makes absolutely no difference to the world. Let's go on. The reason I thought of doing this particular one was because there was a lot of talk about different medications helping treat COVID and which would be awesome if they work. But, but it seems that people didn't understand that the Preliminary, like data—the first little bits of data that come out—doesn't mean that this medication is the one. Hydrochloroquine, and I mean, I know there's also problems with how things are reported and all of that, but I can't help with that. That's out of my out of my range. But I was thinking I could maybe give you guys a tool, which is the understanding the difference between correlation and causation. And as always, big words—they sound intimidating, but we'll break it down. It'll be okay. Let's use a non coronavirus example because I would really like to reduce the coronavirus stress right now. So, the example I was given when learning this was heat stroke and popsicles. Now, if you ask somebody if popsicles cause heat stroke, they would look at you like you had two heads and say, uh, d- no. But if you didn't know anything about heat stroke and you came across information that, like, when The number of cases of heat stroke went up the sales of frozen treats also went up well then it's obvious i mean these things are so clear why hasn't anybody noticed this before oh my god i'm a freaking genius frozen treats cause heat stroke this is such an easy fix ban all the frozen treats and i'm gonna get a nobel prize in medicine but does it mean that Or maybe heat stroke causes people to eat more frozen treats. Maybe it's that way. Or maybe it's a coincidence. Or maybe it's some third thing I haven't thought of. Spoiler alert, yeah. Heat causes heat stroke. Heat increases the consumption of frozen yummy treats. But just from that basic information that you know when this goes up, that goes up, you can't tell what's causing what, or if it's a coincidence. So that is correlation. There appears to be a relationship between these two things, but you can't really say what it is yet. You can't say that popsicles cause heat stroke. You don't have enough information. So then let's say you have a crack team of researchers that went in and researched it and said, look, it's heat that causes heat stroke. And when you get to that point, when you know that heat is what causes heat stroke, that's when it's causation. And I really like it when mathy, sciencey people make the names of things easier because this is when you know that heat causes heat stroke. So cause is in the term, it's causation. You know that this caused that. It's not just correlation. Like, yeah, they occur together. This is causation. You know, you know the chicken and the egg relationship. So taking this back to our friend COVID, lots of people have been trying different treatments to see what helps and what works. And I know it's frustrating that there's still a lot we don't know, but we know amazing amounts of information of this virus so quickly. We have its DNA sequence. We know it's a coronavirus. We know which receptors it attaches to. So smart people are trying medications that have worked on those types of scenarios before. They're trying stuff that works on other coronaviruses. They're trying stuff that works on those same receptors. These are smart, educated guesses, but they're still guesses. I mean, you still have to prove it actually works. You know, in theory, this should work, but does it? You know, this is a good question. Sometimes you try something and it looks like it helps. And that's great. That's a glimmer of hope. But it is not celebration time yet. So if we were back in popsicles and heatstroke land, that's where we are. We know that popsicles and heatstroke both go up together. And we know that when we gave these people this medication, it looked like it worked. So again, it looks like there's a relationship between the two. But you don't actually know, know that yet. It could be a coincidence, because chances are you're trying this only on a few people. And maybe those patients would have gotten better anyway. Or maybe there was something else in how that hospital was treating patients that made a difference. Or maybe it works for some people, but not others. And you got lucky, you picked the people it works on. And that's great even for that to know that but you don't know any of this yet that's why clinical trials are so important i'm not going to go into like the whole design and everything of a clinical trial but they're there to tease out these relationships and see what's actually going on if the treatment actually works or if it's something else or if they were just lucky people and they got better anyway this does not mean that this is not super frustrating for everyone I mean, if you have a chronic illness, you know how infuriating it can be to wait for a clinical trial. I mean, especially when it's something's approved in a different country and you're just waiting for your country to catch up. But I mean, there's reasons these things exist. And with COVID being so serious and potentially life-threatening, like, it's, it's even more crazy-making. But like I said, trials tease out to see if things really work because... Like, if it doesn't work, we need to keep looking for something or try something else. And if it does, then we still need to, like, actually take a look at it and evaluate it. It may be a miracle drug that makes everything better and has no side effects whatsoever. But, like, when does that ever happen? Okay, maybe I'm getting a little bitter. But I mean, really, like, powerful drugs usually have powerful effects. Some of them you want, some of them you don't. So... Like I said, enough about trials. This isn't about trials other than to say they help tease out these these things. Big picture, this makes logical sense. We had an idea. We tried it a few times. It kind of looks like it might work. So let's prove it. But it's so different when you take it down to the personal level. Like I said, it's so frustrating and confusing. And it's like a giant hope roller coaster. there's a news report that there might be a new treatment and that's awesome hooray there's hope there's a light at the end of the tunnel woohoo but then they tell us we have to wait while it gets tested which like again logic you know you want to make sure it's safe and yada 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 but that's just so frustrating because it's like it's right there let's just mm. and then more often than not it comes out that it doesn't work Which I don't know about you, but that usually leads to like crushing depression and general helplessness. It's just not good. So this, this is not a fun roller coaster to be on. But again, if you take like big picture logic, even if a treatment doesn't work, things were still learned. We know, we now know that one doesn't work. We can focus on other things. They might've figured out different ways that the virus reacts or behaves that they didn't know before, but that's, big picture logic logic but that could be cold comfort if you're the one that's sick or a loved one is sick or even worse people you know have died okay well that got a little darker than i intended i know i try to keep things a little bit on the lighter side here but um i also don't want to minimize this whole thing this sucks hot take pandemics suck who knew anyway but i do hope this helps and gives you a little tool that evaluates those media reports ask yourself the question is this correlation like does it look like it helps or is it causation do they know it helps those are two very different things so hopefully that little question can help and i know i try to manage the hope roller coaster anytime there's like a new treatment or You know, even if it's not COVID-related, or if there's a new treatment, or a new drug, or a new device, or a new something. Or even if it's an existing one, but it's the first time I'm trying it. And that hope roller coaster just sucks. I try really hard not to get my hopes up too high at the beginning of that whole thing. But I don't know. I've gotten better at it, but I've never figured that one out. I don't know how that works. So if you know, let me know. But anyway, like I said... That got pretty serious for math. Anyway, correlation, causation. That's today's lesson. And I'm just gonna go into a dash of happy, because my place is super hot, because the air conditioning's not on yet. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So let's go to a dash of happy, because yeah, we need one. Pandemic and all that. So this is like completely off topic. You know, I live in Toronto, a lot of stuff gets filmed in Toronto, and I know a lot of Torontonians like to spot the landmarks and different movies and shows, like they'll say it's New York and then they'll pan through the city and skyline and like you can see the sea and tower. Do people in other cities do this? I don't even know. But anyway, it's a fun game. So that's already happy making. And I do that a lot. And a lot of Netflix series have been filmed uh, in Toronto. So that's, and around my, my neighborhood and in the downtown core. So that means like, since it's around me, I can often tell it's Toronto location. Like even without a big landmark, like sometimes it's just a doorway that looks familiar. You're like, I know where that is. Then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, was that filmed here? Yes, it was. Oh, I get to play the spot, the Toronto, you know, figure out where in Toronto it was shot game. That's fun already. And I, that's, but I just, there was a little extra that made this a little dash of happy that I thought of, of putting it in here. My condo was in a Netflix show. I mean, like not my actual condo and not inside. It was just the outside of the building. But, but still, like I could still, I could tell where it was filmed and it was filmed down the street and that was kind of fun. And then the angle changed and I'm like, that's my condo. Like, that's my actual window. My window is famous. So anyway, I don't know why this makes me so happy, but it really is the little things. So that's this month's dash of happy. My window was in a Netflix series. So, okay, yeah, let's close this out. So as always, please subscribe, cause there's no schedule. Tends to come out near the end of the month, but uh, who knows? Maybe one of these days I'll get proactive and do it early, mm, probably not. Apparently, if you rate and re- review, there's algorithms that'll help. I don't know if I believe that. Just tell a friend. Grab their phone, subscribe them, teach them how to use a podcast. On the internet, you can basically find medicated babbling everywhere, except for Twitter, because that was too long. So, uh, I'm babbling on Twitter. Twitter. Tweeter. And I try to keep all that stuff relatively focused on the podcast or chronic illness sort of stuff. And post more personal stuff under JT Art and Stuff. That's mostly on Instagram. That's about it for that. Anyway. Some people actually listen. I know some people listen to podcasts on YouTube. So it's up there. I don't film it. This is, it's just the audio. As always, thanks to Fresh Kills for uh, the intro and outro music. Uh, That's K-I-L-S. There's only one L. Find him all over the internet as well. And uh, thanks for listening. This looks like it's a little bit of a shorter one, but still, thanks for sticking around to the end, and uh, yeah, don't forget you matter, and we'll talk next time. Okay, bye. One, two, three, four, get it! One, two, three, four, get it!